Welcome to Walking Out Your Purpose with yours truly, Alicia Smith, where we focus on you reaching your full potential in all areas of your life through intentional dialogue and putting in the work. Let's get motivated to action so that we draw closer to realizing our life's purpose as a woman of God, wives, mothers, and businesswomen. Now come on in and eavesdrop on a conversation with me and sometimes a few others as we discuss having faith over fear from the pew to the boardroom and everywhere in between. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to walking out our purpose and accomplishing all that God has for us. Welcome to the Walking Out Your Purpose podcast with yours truly, Alicia Smith. I am super duper excited to be with you all today. What a blessing it is to be here. If you're listening to this when we post it, uh, what a blessing it is to be here. And I am continuing the series of Peek Into Purpose. You all are loving that. So we do what the people want. And we have been diving into people's story for you to hear more about their walk, their calling, how they discovered their purpose, and hopefully to give you some motivation and inspiration to do what needs to be done so that you can please God ultimately, because that's what we're here to do, is to bring him glory and to do what he's called us to do to impact the lives of others. So today I have a special guest. I am bringing on Miss Lysandra Burns, and she is going to share with you all her story. And we uh, met in college in gospel choir we held down the alto section. Okay, hunty. <laughs> so I am excited for you all to hear her and to be inspired. She's a beautiful person, beautiful spirit, has a wealth of knowledge. So I'm looking forward to you all hearing from her. So welcome to the show, Lysandra. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. I cannot wait to jump <laughs> into this conversation. Awesome. Awesome. So I always start every interview with, tell me who you are and what you're all about. No problem. So I start every interview the same way. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I'm Dr. Lysandra Barnes. I am a life coach, Bible teacher, author, speaker, and founder of Royal One Enterprise, which is a women's empowerment company. I'm also the author of a book, Rejected to Accept It, Learning to Love Myself After Adversity. And I'm also the host of my own podcast, which is the Royal One Podcast, which is available on all major podcasting platforms. In addition to that, I'm also on staff at my church. I'm on the pastoral staff at Life Change Church in Portland, Oregon, and an adjunct professor. Oh my goodness, guys, I have so many hats at Western Seminary, and I teach a class called Women in Pain One. So I help pastoral women prepare to shepherd women who have experienced crisis. Awesome. So let's take a step back and maybe walk us through how did you discover all the things that you just mentioned, right? How did you get involved in those things? And then we'll get a little bit into the purpose piece. Okay, perfect. So here's the thing. I never thought that I would do full-time ministry. Step one. I went to Michigan State, got a degree in medical technology, planned to be a forensic scientist. That was the plan. And I, I did it for four years. But during that time, I actually went to Portland to start seminary. And I was in seminary because I was raised in the church. I've been preaching since I was 16. So I knew I had a call to ministry. But growing up in a black church, you don't see full-time ministry. You see, you know, the pastor has a side job or a full-time job and then does ministry on the side. So I thought that's what my life would be. But going to seminary, I was introduced to full-time ministry. And that's when I really felt like the Lord was leading me to quit my job as a scientist and then go to school full time and just focus on ministry. And so I did that. And 
I got a master's of divinity. I loved it. And then when I really felt like I was called to do full-time ministry, I got scared. So I started working for a Christian nonprofit that helped families involved in domestic violence. And then I was like, okay, Lord, what is my purpose? What is my call? I know I love women. And then I realized that my call was to hurting women. And then the way to do it was to empower, inspire, and uplift them. So I was able to do that. I learned about coaching in my master's program. So I've been coaching since 2014 and I absolutely love it. I love it, love it, love it. It really allows me to do some of the ministry gifts that I have, but then it also allows me to be able to walk alongside someone and help them reach their full potential. So I love that as well. So, I mean, I have just had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity just handed in my lap. So, I mean, we can get into all of that later, but there's just one thing I want to say, like I never planned to get a doctorate. It was an opportunity that I wrote down on a vision board years ago. Like, hey, I would love to do a D-man. I would love to do it in spiritual formation and leadership, but I don't want to pay for it. So it's just going to be left there. And then years later, the opportunity was dropped in my lap that I got a scholarship to do a doctorate. So I'm just so grateful. So I just feel like everything that I'm called to do, God definitely opens the door. That is beautiful. And what I love about that story, and this is what we say on the podcast all the time, like, because people often struggle with purpose, like they struggle with the word, like, how do I determine what it is for me? And we miss the most obvious things when God is showing us, dropping it, you know, in front of us, helping people help us see it and identify it. But what I love about that is you were obedient, though. Yeah, like I literally had yeah. to leave from Michigan, pack my bags right after I graduated college and hightail it all the way to Portland, Oregon to go to seminary because that's what he told me to do. And I didn't understand it because I was like, Lord, there are seminaries here in Michigan that are quality. Why are you sending me out here? And I didn't realize it, but now I understand that I would not be the woman that I am today had I not left everything that I knew, all of my family, all of my friends, my comfort zone to go to a place where I only knew my sister and her family. So my sister, my brother-in-law and their kids, that's the only people I knew. And I had to learn how to navigate in the Pacific Northwest, which is a whole new world to me because that's one of the most unchurched areas in the country. And it pulled everything out of me. I had to deal with myself, deal with my issues. And once I was able to do that, then I was able to see what my purpose was. And then I became comfortable enough to walk in it. That's good. That's good. And I know that people sometimes they run into barriers or they run into complications or they run into what, you know, they didn't see that it was going to happen this way or they think like, oh, God told me to go. So it's going to be, you know, rainbows and, <laughs> you know, just butterflies, right? And just all this goodness. How did you push through? How did you overcome those obstacles? Well, I'll definitely say that there were a lot of detours in my experiences, but you know what? I had to remember what my purpose was, like what he called me to initially. So I think a lot of times God gives us a to-do list, right? Go do this, then do this, then do this, then do this. But we have free will. So we can say, you know what? I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm going to add in this. I'm going to take this out. I'm going to you know, do whatever I want to do. So for me, that's what happened is when I felt like I was too afraid. So for example, I moved out to Oregon in 2008. And when I got there to the first day of orientation, I realized I was the only black person there. Yeah, Lord, not doing this. I'm sorry. I can't do this. I'm not doing this. So then I started working full time. So I would take a class online and then I would not take a class for a semester, take another class online, take two semesters off. So three years go by and I swear I only have 12 credits done. 
because I was so afraid. And so by that time, my career was going really well. So again, detour. So when I should have been done in three years, it took me longer to finish because I was putting myself in there. And then once I finished my degree, the Lord said, you know what? I need you to write your book. Lord, I'm not ready to do that yet. Detour. I'm going to start working. So every time there was a point where he told me to do something, I got scared and then I would wait to do it. But then I finally did it, but it took a little longer. So I just want to encourage people that when God gives you something and you feel like you just can't handle it in that moment and you detour, that's okay because it may take you a little longer, but you're going to go back to it and then you're going to do it. So sometimes in our lives, we have to make a detour Mm -hmm. and the detours sometimes are not given by God, but they're given by us. Sometimes we decide, Lord, I'm not ready to do what you're asking me to do. So I'll put in my own provision. I'll kind of step in and do what I want to do. And so that's what I did with my life. I came up with all the detours. I came up with every excuse why I couldn't do what he asked me to do. I was too afraid. I just wasn't ready to walk in that responsibility. And so here I am, you know, what should have took <laughs> what should have taken me three years took me six but that's okay. And then I would beat myself up about it. Like, why am I not where I need to be? I'm looking at all my friends, they're farther along. And it's like, but that's not what God called you to. And if you would have done it when he told you to do it, you would be in a different place. But right now you are where you need to be because if you would have been somewhere else, you would have missed out on the opportunity to minister to Susie Sunshine at work. And so once I realized that, that even in the detour, he will meet you. He will allow you to be able to use your giftings. But then I had to realize that in those giftings, that wasn't my calling. Because I'm good at things. I'm gifted to do a lot of things, but I'm not called to do all of those things. So yes, I was a good scientist. I love being a scientist, but I was not called to be a scientist. That wasn't my purpose. And so I realized that my purpose everywhere I went was empowering women to reach their full potential. And 90% of them were hurting. And so once I found that and started dealing with my own issues, then I was ready to fulfill my purpose and walk in it. So you get a detour. That's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Go back to that to-do list and do what he called you to do. And you'll be back on track. That's awesome. And I think that's a great way of looking at detours. I think oftentimes when we think about detours, you know, it's more of, man, you know, I should have, could have, would have. Right. But I think, you know, in retrospect, right. It's like, okay you know, Lord, that still was a part of your plan. Cause if he really wanted us to, you know, more signs would have been there or more things would have come up to get us back on that particular track. But the most important thing is to get to it, to do it and to leverage that in between time to your point, to still minister and still to help people and to do what we're, you know, called to do, because not always is it about the role necessary or necessarily, or the church necessarily, or it's about that everyday interaction with people right? Because God wants one, (laughs) one more, like, you know, the angels are rejoicing over the one. So I think as long as we're doing that, we're in his will. So I like that. So tell us about the book. What led you, because I'm sure it's part of your story. So what led you to writing that book? So Rejected to Accept It was a labor of love. It actually was birthed out of my own personal experiences. In 2006, in college, I was in an abusive relationship. Definitely kept it quiet. So a lot of people didn't know about it. And it was for a whole semester. So fall 2006, (laughs) I was in a relationship with this guy, a Lansing local, and he was abusive. He definitely just did all horrible, horrible things. But that was the lowest point of my life. And that is when I had to 
really seek God to put me back together. So rejected to accept it. I talk about various triumphs and struggles that I face. So I talk about going through fatherlessness, overcoming domestic violence, overcoming low self-esteem and self-worth, and then how I allow God to put the shattered pieces of my heart back together with the glue of his love. So it is a beautiful book. It is raw. It's authentic. It's like really my prayer journal. Majority of it is my prayer journal. I provide a really good way to learn how to love yourself. Practical steps that I took. And I love it because no matter who reads it, men and women alike, they find themselves in the pages of the book. It goes from fatherlessness. You know, my dad went from being present to being inconsistent to being absent, then to being inconsistent to being present and then passing away. So dealing with all of that and how that shaped my perspective on God, how it shaped my perspective on my relationships. And then it allowed me to see and even how it shaped my perception of myself. And so it just really, you see me and God having this conversation, like, how do I love myself? What do I think about love? What do I think about myself? Do I love myself? Do I like how I look? Like who told you you were these negative things? Like it gets really real. It gets real. And I was so nervous to write it because I had to tell the truth. Like I am telling all of my business, all of it from the beginning to the end. But once I wrote it, I was so free. I was so free from all of the shame, all of the guilt, all of the lies. You know, the things that the enemy holds over your head that you haven't told anybody and you feel like if somebody found out this, I would be exposed as a fraud. You know what? No one's going to expose me because I told it all myself. So now I own my story and I live in the truth of it. So when we talk about domestic violence, let's talk about it. I educate people on it. There's a whole chapter about why does somebody get involved in domestic violence? It answers those questions. It gives you tools for if you know someone and you're like, why are they staying? I answer that. How do I help somebody in that situation? I answer that for you as well. So I provide a really robust look into the life of someone being involved in domestic violence and how it became full circle because I ended up working for a Christian nonprofit that handled domestic violence with families for three years. So not only was I a victim, but then I went through a journey of learning to love myself. And then I went and worked for them and realized everything that God taught me in my quiet time was the exact same thing I learned when I was teaching those women with that organization. You know, the phrase that's coming to my mind is won't God do it? Because here's the thing, all the things we're talking about, the detours, the obstacles, the trials and tribulations that we go through are not for no reason. Like it's not just for naught, right? It is to position us to do our purpose. That's why you have that unction in your spirit or that's why you have that urge to you know what, Lord, let me leave this other career. I'm keep playing. Let me get into, <laughs> into your will because not that that wasn't a part of his will, but that more into your purpose because you, your story is going to heal so many people. And if we will just get out of our way, <laughs> listen to what God is speaking to us in so many different ways, because he puts all the signs in front of us and do the work that he's calling us to do. And again, it doesn't mean that you can't do it in your career. I am a firm believer that it can be done, but it's what's whatever your walk is because God has designed us all, you know, with unique gifts and differently. So it works for you to do this full-time in ministry and with your business and all that. For me, it's like, I am called to corporate America and to help these folks understand that when it's a Christian in leadership, it's different. (laughs) And it can be different. It can feel different. Exactly. And 
And I think that that's so important because I think a lot of times when we think about ministry, we only think about the church. And I think God has called a lot of people to the marketplace. And I wanted to be a person in the marketplace. (laughs) Trust me, I enjoyed working. And I was working at higher ed for a while, but I just kept feeling the urge to do what God had put in me a long time ago. But I want to take a moment and encourage those people who are Christians and you are working in the marketplace. God has called you there for a reason. He's called you to be a light in that dark space. Because when you go to work, look, I have worked in the marketplace for a long time. I get it. You are the only Christian in the room. Everybody negative, Nancy, everybody out to get their own and cut your throat with one word that you say. I get it. You want to set it off and tell everybody off. I understand. But God has placed you in that position to be a light in dark spaces. So don't look like you're less than because you're in the marketplace and you're not behind the four walls of a church. No. You are the hands and feet of Jesus more than the person at the church, because there'll be people that will never go to church, but there will be people that you will meet every day that you can inspire, empower, and uplift. And no, you may not be able to say Jesus outright at work, but you can say, you know what? I met a man that changed my life. He's done X, Y, and Z, or the way you carry yourself, the way you're on time, your integrity, the way that you are honest, your patience, that speaks to your Christianity more than anything else. Let your light shine. Like, what is it about you? They just said all this negative stuff and you're just so happy. Well, you know what? I just have joy. I just choose joy today. I'm not going to, you know, allow these things to overtake me. I'm not going to lean into those negative thoughts. Mm -mm. I don't have time for that. That's a powerful message that is gospel centered. You know, instead of saying, let me tell you, Jesus died on the cross for you. There will be a time for you to have that conversation. But you don't have to have your Bible on your desk. and You don't have to have a gospel plan. Now, mind you, I love it. Don't get me wrong. There's a time and place for everything and utilize the Holy Spirit's discernment to know how to navigate in that space. But I just want you all to know that you are called just as much in that marketplace as those who are called to ministry in the four walls of the church. Absolutely. If we learn nothing else from the pandemic, we're not even in the four walls. Hello. Exactly. (laughs) So we had to learn ministry differently. We had to learn a different way to connect with people. And and certainly there were churches that were progressive with being online, but to basically say, like, don't come to the building, (laughs) no matter if you're a mega church or a small church, that was a big deal. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Changed the game. Yeah. And I think even for preachers, right? And pastors, I mean, you love that feedback. You love the amens and the shouts and the hallelujahs and the, you love that encouragement. So even not having that, right, is different for them. So you, all of us have had to pivot, right? So mm-hmm. speaking of that, maybe what are some things that you've had to do since the pandemic started? Have you pivoted anything in your, you know, your ministry or with work or I mean, your business or how has that looked for you? Well, the first thing I did was move back home. So late July. I got my doctorate in, let's see, I passed my dissertation in February. So I graduated in March, in May and I was applying for other jobs. So I was ready to teach. I'm like, okay, Lord, you put these positions in front of me. I really want to teach. I don't like the job I was in because I was working in higher ed, which I loved working in student life with the students. Because again, I could still utilize all my gifts to empower the students. But I was like, I don't want a regular nine to five, but Lord, if you want me to teach, I'll teach. And I had to make a decision. I had to face my fears and decide to lean into what the Lord is telling me to do. And he was telling me to move back home. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, I've always had Royal One Enterprise as a side business that I would lean into when I needed it and then not when I didn't. And so he was like, I want you to focus on building your business. And I'm like, but I don't know how that's going to look, Lord. And 
he was just reminding me of like, you remember what happened the last time when you chose to not move? And I said, you know what? I said that from this point forward, I would do it when you asked me to. So the biggest pivot was leaving my students who love me and putting myself first, packing all my bags and moving back home and then focusing on the business. So that for me was, it was a faith step. It was facing my past because I'm not going back to a place that I was gone for 12 years that I was, you know, reintroduced to the old me. So I had to speak to her and say, hey, you're fine. You're safe. You're okay. You are a whole new woman. So you're going to live in a different way just because you're in that same, just in the same environment. it's, It's a whole different you. So I had to do that. And then I had to focus on myself. So it's easy to focus on someone else's vision when you work nine to five. I focus on someone else's vision. So I just do my job and I'm done. But when you have to focus on your own vision, that's different. You have to now really grind. You have to really believe in yourself because that's when those fears come back in and say, what happens if I fail? What happens if this doesn't work? How am I going to have money? You know, all of this and all of that. So I left, I quit my job at the church. I did all of that. Like I left everything, packed my bags, came home. And then a few months later, the church had called me and said, hey, we really need you back on staff. Okay. Open the door. Thank you, Jesus. And then I started working on the business. And every time I focus on the business, new doors is opening. Hey, I need you to do this for me. Hey, can you speak here? Can you do this? Can you do that? And it was like, oh, I can just funnel that through my business. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I started putting out podcasts. I'm like, Lord, you're asking me to podcast. I don't know anything about this. What are you talking about? And I was so afraid, but I just start putting them out and people are like, oh my gosh, I love this. This is so encouraging. Where's the next episode? I'm like, I don't know. He ain't gave me nothing. Like, (laughs) so it's just been a faith step this whole time. And I'm just so grateful that, you know, all of my needs are met. Everything is just working out the way it's supposed to. So I've had to shift. Things are different and I'm okay with that now. Like I just trust God. And so the word for the year now is to be brave, to be bold and to believe in yourself. And so everything that I'm doing, I'm just going with that in my head. Like, Lord, you told me to be brave. Hey, start the Royal One Book Club. Walk a group of people through your book. Nine weeks. I'm like, are you sure, Lord? Will will people come? I had 10 people sign up and they show up every week. We are now hitting week nine of the Royal One Book Club. And they are so empowered. We're seeing transformation every single week. When they come in, they leave out changed and challenged. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, I have one more left. And he's like, okay, we're going to redo it again. Now you understand what I'm asking you to do. And I'm like, oh my goodness, because the more you take steps to trust God, the more he starts aligning you and aligning those things so that everything works out. And so I'm like, okay, you know what, God, I just have to trust you. So the pivots are okay. When they come in, it's time to redirect. Again, a pivot is the same thing as a detour. So if he's now putting in that pivot, I need to be able to move because I don't know what's coming ahead. And so I think about all the things that's going on now. And I'm like, Lord, I didn't realize that, you know, a lot of higher ed institutions are struggling because of the students are not there. And so a lot of places have had to start letting people go. And I'm like, Lord, if I would have stayed, I don't think I would have had a job. But I thank you that you saw that and told me to pivot and go back home. And now I'm able to reconnect with different people. Like I have reconnected with so many people from college since I've been home. It has been crazy. And I'm like, Lord, I'm getting paid more money now that I'm home than I did when I was there. And I work in Portland. That's the thing about it. And I said, Lord, you know what you are doing. Had I stayed, 
Right. Had I stayed, I would not be making the money that I'm making now because I would have accepted the little. Sometimes you have to leave so that people can appreciate you so that you can get what you deserve. I said, Lord, you speaking a whole word. Send the pivot. Yes. Oh my goodness. So many good things. I'm still stuck on the brave, bold, and what was the third <laughs> be? <laughs> be brave, be bold. And what was the other one? Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Yes, girl. I love that. So many good things that you said in there. And I know that people are going to be even changed listening to this and just hearing your story and your bold move. I mean, that is bold to just be like, you know what? I don't even know what's ahead, but I'm going to do it. And like you said, we don't know what God has on the other side. And look at it. It's greener. These are the cases when it's greener on the other side is when you follow God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, you know, when we follow him and oh my goodness, that's just so powerful. So what I want to ask you is where people can get the book, where people can find Royal One Podcast, where folks can find your your services, all that good stuff. So Rejected to Accept It is available online. So you can go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and get you a copy. We have eBooks as well as paperback. So go ahead and get that. Royal One Podcast is on all major podcasting platforms. So Apple, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Audible, Stitcher, all of them. Royal One Podcast, find me. This your services. So how oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So go to my website, royalonenterprise.com. And that's where you can see the life coaching, the teaching, the speaking, anything you need from me in that capacity, you can go there. If you don't have a way to go to the major podcasting platforms, you can go to my other site, lasandrabarnes.com, and you can check the podcast out there. And you can also register to do some coaching with me. You can get a free consultation session. So your first free session is 30 minutes and you can book that on lasandrabarnes.com as well. Awesome and amazing. What a wonderful, wonderful interview. Thank you, my love, for coming on the show and just sharing. Because I want people, I wanted to end it here because I want people to go follow your podcast. I want them to really listen. I've listened to it. I'm a fan. I love it because I, I love encouragement, inspiration, walking in faith, like showing people practically how to do it, I think is a beautiful thing. So I want you all to go follow her. She's on Facebook, Instagram, I'm sure too. So check her out yeah. there too. So check me out on Instagram at Miss Royalty 143 and then Facebook, follow me at Dr. Lissandra Barnes. Excellent. So thank you so much for spending time with the audience today, sharing your story. There's so many gems. I can't wait to do the summary. So, so folks can tune in and we'll hopefully get this posted in a couple of weeks. So thank you so much. You are so welcome. I definitely have to have you back on my show. <laughs> I love your podcast. When I first saw it came out, I went and just subscribed real quick. <laughs> and so I listen to your podcast all the time. So you guys, I love her. You do not understand. We used to hold it down on that front row of the alto section. So it just feels really good to be able to reconnect with one of my college friends. And you know what? I cannot wait to have you back on my show. Thank you. Or have you on my show. (laughs) Awesome. I can't wait either. And we'll definitely share that with the audience too when that happens. So thank you, love. We'll talk soon. All right. Have a great day. Well, everyone, I hope you took some good notes and have at least one action you will take to propel your life forward in pursuing your purpose. Let's get it. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Now go conquer your day and don't let it conquer you. 
Until next time, peace and blessings.